here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. I waited all day to post something on my social sites. And I want to relay it to those of you who don't necessarily go on the Internet and therefore have a very healthy mind. Those of you who've listened carefully to my show the last several days... Loyal listeners, you've had me, you've heard me say the speaker contest will soon be over. You've heard me say that some of those among the 20 have been principled in their positions. Some have been self-serving. Some have simply wanted to scuttle McCarthy and through attrition find another candidate that they never had. Now, how do you think I knew all this? Think I made it up? I also said I was in contact with several of the individuals among the 20. Several of them are my close friends, and we've endorsed several of them on this program, as well as others, and that there were also outside individuals and groups inside the Beltway claiming to represent you, and they don't represent you, trying to exert influence on the selection process. One of the names I mentioned was Mark Meadows and CPI. But that's a footnote. It's really irrelevant to me. Now, some of these people contacted me. Some of these people asked for my help. Including people in the negotiations. This was not a tidy fight over philosophy. With conservatives versus establishment, even though there certainly was some of that even though there certainly was some of that. But it appears to be ending well. But that was not a given either. It took a few, and I mean few good individuals, to bring some focus to what was chaos. You've also read on my Twitter site where I said Chip Roy deserves a great deal of credit for his outstanding leadership the last 
36 to 48 hours in the negotiations, and he'll be on this program in 20 minutes. Chip and I go back a ways. But there were still holdouts, and there are still holdouts, although I don't believe that'll last very long. For reasons few have understood to this point. Because there's no reason to be a holdout at this point. 15 of the 21 are pleased with what's taken place now. The majority of the Freedom Caucus had already opposed what was taking place. So what's left? But I want to surmise again, actually more than surmise, but I'll say surmise. This will soon be over with McCarthy as Speaker in a solid rules package. Three days ago, none of that was certain, either the rules package or McCarthy. Now, after all these years, all these battles we've been in together, I want to thank those of you who who understand who I am, what I stand for, and that unlike others in this business, I'm a longtime activist. I am mission-oriented for constitutional republicanism. That's my goal. That's what I do. So I stop reading comments on the internet because a lot of these people are leftists or Democrats or just plain morons and a-holes. Mark's a sellout. Mark's a rhino. Mark will never sell you out and he'll never be a rhino. This was very messy. It wasn't, oh, there's two groups. Group A, the conservatives. Group B, the liberals and the establishment. How is that even possible with Jim Jordan on the other side, with a majority of the Freedom Caucus on the other side? And I go on and on because it never was. And some of the good works of those among the 20 was being undermined by some other motives and attitudes among some of the 20. I know that as a matter of fact. And I know as a matter of fact that some of these groups that put out this letter did not have your best interests in mind. And they would be perfectly happy just to burn things down. That's not who I am. That's not what I do. I believe Kevin McCarthy in this next round of voting will get his number. And we will monitor that. That is, we will monitor him as Speaker. We will monitor all the members of the House of Representatives. We will monitor the Republican majority. We will make demands of our own outside the beltway, outside the system. That's what I do. That's what we do. That's why we're Levinites. That's why we have Levin surges. And none of that changes. But I must tell you, it's thanks to you that I'm in this position. And in many respects, it's thanks to you that this got done, or is about to get done. There are blowhards, I have one right here. I'm not going to lift this person up. He's kind of a young punk. 
writing another column that Mark Levin needs to look in the mirror. Look in the mirror of what? Because he backed the establishment. No, I didn't. This guy has no idea what I was doing. If you listen carefully to this program, I was putting out little hints. Ladies and gentlemen, I have confidences, even to this moment, which I cannot, I can't bear. I'm telling you more than I probably should right now. But, I just want to thank those of you who are loyal, smart, constitutional conservatives, and have faith. We have faith in each other and God Almighty. It is unfortunate that some of the voices out there, including young voices who want to be noticed, who want people to read what they write or hear what they say, who want to draw attention to themselves, it's very unfortunate that they don't learn from those of us who've been through nearly half a century of these battles. Half a century of these battles, as I think about it now. Maybe just listen carefully. Have a little bit of faith and trust in somebody you've listened to all these years. I'll never steer you wrong. Certainly not intentionally. I've said it so many times, Mr. Producer says, why do I keep saying it? Because apparently I'm not being clear. I'm not a special pleader for Kevin McCarthy. I'm not a special pleader for Matt Gates either. I'm not a special pleader. Period. They never had an alternative. They never were going to have an alternative. They couldn't agree on an alternative. They couldn't entice somebody to be an alternative. But they were following a plan that was given to them by an individual outside the House of Representatives in the Republican Party. But the plan didn't work. The plan couldn't work. Did you know that? Well, now you do. When you hear some hosts on radio and on TV, but especially radio from what I understand, telling you this battle was worth the fight, ask yourself this. What exactly are they talking about? Which battle? If certain members of that 20 had won the day, this would be going on for months. And the conservative agenda would not have been advanced. This would have been going on for months and the conservative agenda wasn't even their priority. They were trying to settle scores. Some still are. That's their thing. That's not my thing and that's not your thing. The enemy's running away with the country. Right now, every day, they're running away with the country. I'm not going to spend all day on this because I want to talk about January 6th. 
in which Joe Biden does everything he can as a low-life, street-hack politician to exploit everything that goes on in this country to his benefit. And he lies through his teeth. Lies through his teeth. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. We have used this platform to endorse a number of candidates because we want to take on the establishment and change what's taking place in Washington. We're not just blowhards with columns or organizations or go to meetings. In fact, I don't do any of that. Three of the six, Klein, Rosendale, and Bobart, they were on this program or in other programs that we've endorsed. We've endorsed. Biggs, I told you before, I could never support him for dog catcher, given his role in the Arizona State Senate blocking convention of states. Gates, to me, is not a conservative. He's a, uh, he's a fly-by-night. And good, to me, is a massive hypocrite. He took more money from the McCarthy pack, I think, than anybody. Two million dollars, one by the skin of his teeth. Why did he take it? And why doesn't he return it? Then I would see some consist- uh, consistent principles in the guy. I mean, I don't understand it, quite frankly. So that, to me, is a character issue. That's a character issue. So those are the remaining six, as best as I can see. I've also been troubled by the brutal attacks on Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich is an iconic figure. Newt Gingrich succeeded in taking back the House of Representatives during Bill Clinton's presidency for the first time in almost half a century. He is a brilliant, brilliant man. He's a great patriot. He's helped conservatives his entire life. This is precisely what I mean. Again, I'm not a special pleader for new, but I watch what's taking place. And then these, these so-called new conservatives, these younger, they write like Marxists. Time to throw out the old and bring in the new. Throw out the old what? Should we throw out the old Bible? 
Should we throw out the old Declaration, throw out the old Constitution? Should we throw out our founders and framers? They don't even realize they sound like Marxists. They think like Marxists. And they are enormously egocentric. So that is a problem we have too, just like so many parents have with their children. And they like to lecture us. They throw around terms they don't even describe, they don't even define. And they want you to think they're really smart and draw attention to themselves. You know how you draw attention to yourself? By not trying to draw attention to yourself. Do the right thing. Be principled and consistent. One day somebody might write a book, not me, about what's taken place the last four or five days, and I suppose I will have some prominence in that book. I don't look for it. Absolutely don't. Same with other situations in the last 20 years. Again, I don't look for it. I don't want it. People come to me for advice. And on certain occasions, I see things going on where I want to provide advice. Sometimes things don't just happen, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes battles are not so easily divided between good and evil. Or conservative and non-conservative. And you in your own lives. Be very selective about what you listen to, who you listen to, what you read. Because there's a lot of people trying to play you. Including some people who don't even identify as conservatives. Who now say, I'm not a conservative, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a... Cool it, will you? These guys aren't Aristotle, exactly. They're not Cicero. They're not Adam Smith. I don't know what they are. But I've said what I needed to say. I'll say more next week when we're back. We're going to have a great show on Sunday with Representative Comer, who's going to head the House Oversight Committee. And I want to know about everything that's on their plate and how they intend to go about that. And, uh... We have Chip Roy coming up now, at least supposedly, on our radio program, and we're hopeful and also expect to have him on the Sunday show as well. I'll be right back. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Chip Roy, how are you, sir? Good, my friend. How are you? I'm good. Uh, You're in great demand now. Do you know why? (laughs) 
now I'm still I'm still in the bowels of the Capitol running around trying to make sure we get this all inked and, and squared away. But, uh, but we're still working to try to finalize it. But that's it. why. Because uh, I would say the last 48 hours or so, you've been a key person trying to negotiate a deal where these rules could be put in place and where the vast majority of the members could have their speaker. Isn't that about right? Well, we've had a pretty busy and successful three or four days. That's that's true. Um, trying to get actual change to the way this friggin' place works. And you and I have spent, you know, we've known each other, I don't know, what, 15 years now or something. And, and we have spent our lives dedicated to conservatism and limited government and trying to stop the swamp, basically, to use the, the former president's terms. And unfortunately, as you know, this place is hardwired to do a bunch of stupid stuff. And we're trying to break the back of that. And that, that's what the effort has been about for the last five or six weeks. Um, and obviously, it's been done through the conduit of the speakership, which necessarily gets ugly. But, uh, but what we've been able to do by, by kind of leveraging that is pretty exceptional. If we can get it done, we still have to get through the votes tonight. We still got to get a rules package adopted. But, but what we've gotten is pretty darn exceptional for empowering rank-and-file members to stand up for our constituents against the swamp, because the swamp always wins if we don't mm-hmm. change the rules of this place. doesn't matter who's in the chair if we don't have the right rules to get it done. Without getting into names and personalities here, you had different personalities among the 20 with different objectives and different motivations, too, did you not? Yeah, we, we had differences of opinion, no doubt, um, and different ways of approaching it. Um, but, of course, all of Congress has different, different ways of approaching these things. And, you know, from the beginning, so if you back up, right, so some of the, some of the guys that, that, that some have said are more recalcitrant and unwilling to move understand that the leverage we were able to get to change things was in, due in significant part to their willingness to say, I'm against Kevin early on in December and late November. Now, the posture I took was to work with some folks to put together a document to say, hey, here are the seven or eight things that I think should form the nucleus of what it would take to support anyone for speaker. And then we spent, and then that started the conversation of moving, you know, negotiations. Say, okay, well, let's change some rules. And so, you know, we were able to negotiate a rules package to get single subject bills and germaneness so that the, you're not getting all these random topics and stuff. 72 hours to read a bill, not, not just a couple, um, you know. Things like uh, the vacate the chair, right, where you have the accountability on the speaker, which is important for members to, you know, defend their minority rights. So all of that was predicated on our willingness to say, hold on a second, there won't be a coronation unless we're able to get the kinds of things that are necessary to make the House work again because it's been so badly broken. So, look, I think there's been a lot of people out there and I've gotten calls from donors and activists and, and, and frankly, some of them with all due respect, I'm in the middle of negotiating on their behalf and they're pounding me with text messages saying, you know, you got to You do this, do this deal right now. I'm like, well, what the hell do you know, man? You know, I don't, you write me. By the way, I get the same thing in. here. I, I'm getting the same yeah. thing here now. Um, well, I, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know, these guys, they write a $5,800 check or they show up to events. Well, God bless them. I'm glad they do. But my duty is the 750,000 people I represent and to make sure that I can actually do the work for them. And I can't. Like, even if, even if we just, if we'd anointed Kevin on December 1st, we never would have gotten these substantive changes. And these substantive changes and more conservative representation on the Appropriations Committee, more conservatives on the Rules Committee. I'll have more to say about that tomorrow once we get this all inked tonight. But when we've got all that stuff set, 
we're now going to have the ability to stop the kinds of crap that Mitch McConnell, you know, which I think is, is, is crucial. Yeah. But but I yeah. but yeah but we have to be honest here. Some of these people, the rules were the rules, and they used the rules, but they were just trying to settle scores. I happen to know three of them. They just don't want McCarthy, right? There are certainly some individuals that I think are pretty, um, you know, not willing to want to support McCarthy. And look, in, in, That's in fine. fairness. And, and, and say it. Yeah. In, right. And in, in, in fairness, if you go back in time, some of the votes in the past and some of the decisions in the past, and I could go down a laundry list, but at this point we're trying to move forward because we're, we've gotten some changes in place. There are some darn good reasons not to trust. There are. You know, the but, creatures but then, of this no, Hold place. on now. But hold on up. But so yeah. then why didn't you guys have somebody to rally around? And why wouldn't somebody step forward? Well, that's that's part of the thing. But, but also it's difficult for individuals to pop their head up sometimes when the threats are going around. So let's rewind to Monday. We were putting forward some last-minute good faith efforts to try to get to 218 on Monday. Well, Tuesday morning, we go to the Republican conference meeting, and they start ripping everybody's heads off. And they lied about the way that things, certain things done. They accused us of wanting petty things. Hold on a second. I put my name on a list to be on the rules committee. I don't want to be on the rules committee. I might do it if asked, but I don't want it. And I didn't ask for anything, not one thing. I'm not getting any plum assignment. Yeah, but some of them did. Literally a thing. Some people have bought and sold their votes, and a lot of people that aren't a part of the 20 have bought and sold their votes because that's the way mm-hmm. this place works. I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. But but then they accused us of some of that crap, and then Mike Rogers said, we're going to kick you off of committees. Now, look, easy, buddy. By uh, the way, I don't even know who wanted... Mike Rogers is. <laughs> he's the chairman <laughs> of the Armed he? Services. Right. The tra- he's the chairman of the Armed Services, or he oh, will be the chairman go. of the Armed Services Committee. And so he's I never liked that guy, by the way. Well, and look, these, and I'm going to try to, I'm going to, I'm going to take my foot You're off gonna the gas. You're going to be a on, on, nice guy. I'm going to try to not swing at these guys because we're, we're all coming together right now, and we got to go t- turn our fire to the Democrats. However, our Republican friends, our appropriator friends, our military industrial complex friends need to take a step back and stop spending money we don't have in the name of our men and women. All right, let's uniform, slow down and a then using that let's, let's, let, Hold on now. Let's talk yeah. about the military. Yeah. Everything you guys stand for is not necessarily conservative. You could be pro-military and be conservative and want to cut the military right. and be conservative, correct? Correct. Correct. You and I don't see eye to eye on the military, do we? I actually think we do, except the distinction is I'm trying to fight a battle on spending. That means I can't accept the default position of where a lot of the military guys here are. I, lo- I want to grow our military. I want to, inc- I want to have you know, the best uh, Navy. I want to make sure that it's the most modern and, and, and well-equipped, uh, but I want to carve out a bunch of the woke crap and we don't, we never hold well, that. We no, 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 no conservative, no conservative disagrees with carving out the woke crap. Uh, but my question but we still is, fund this. It, though. but, but my, we always okay, fund then cut it out. I don't disagree, but, but that's not what this says. Does it? Well, putting wait, a cap. Thing, well, no, because I, well, no. Oh, no, no. So the spending caps that we're that we're saying we need to put in place to cap spending at FY twenty two levels says nothing about the defense, and that's what a whole bunch of people are running around like chickens with their heads cut off. Saying, no, but oh, hold on, God, hold on. But they're not just the whole bunch of people. It's some of the twenty who are saying this. They've said it to me. Well, I don't think any of the twenty are saying it's going to cut defense spending. Is Gates it? has said because it's going to cut all- defense spending. 
Well, well, if he's well, if he's said that, then he's playing. He's playing some games on that. But the fact is, the one what it is is one point four seven one one point four seven one trillion dollars. Those spending levels, and then everything under that, we have to set. So what we should do is go cut non-defense discretionary, and then go do what we need to do to get it to hold into balance for ten years. That's what we're putting forth in our plan. It's kind of like the cut cap and balance of twenty eleven. We're putting constraints on the appropriators to check the spending. We got to make them eat it. Now, look, you know, you and I both know how this is probably going to work. We're going to try to get something passed. Schumer won't do it, and we're probably going to have a continuing resolution next September. Right. That's, That's true. almost certainly what's going to happen. But our effort is to try to force us to go through and set spending levels at fiscal year 22 caps because we blew the lid off of it after COVID with non-defense discretionary spending. I want to shift the spending from non-defense discretionary to defense discretionary. Now, I want you to tell the American people something, even with all these rule changes and so forth, that there really is only so much the House can do with one party. Control a different party in the Senate, different party controlling the administration and a five vote majority. Isn't that right? It is right. But I'd, I'd give two caveats. One, uh, with 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 the uh, oversight powers, we can obviously do a lot, and that's part of it. And that's no, 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 I agree with that. I'm not talking about yeah. that. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about well, and then, financially. Sure. Well, but the second thing is, on the dollars, we can certainly stop the advance of spending. So a continuing resolution, well, that would save a lot of money because you know how much McConnell and the appropriators want to do. They'll increase more spending. So we can at least hold that spending in check. The third thing that's important is the stuff we're debating now, these rules and all these things that seem arcane to the average listener, and I get that. We're trying to force this place to reflect them, fight for them in 25, Mark, in 24 and 25. So Lord willing, we get a Republican president and we get a new Congress, we get the Senate, that we've set the tone and the culture and the rules to not screw up like we did in 2018. You remember when we blew it on, on health care? And I say we, I, I wasn't here. But we, they, blew, they blew it on health care. They blew it on the border crap in July of 2018. I, I got a couple more quick questions. I, yeah, because yeah, sure. I, I know you're, gonna, you're, under, you're, on de, you're in demand. Yeah, but the fact is, if you're presented with some massive bill from the Senate, even though you're trying to prevent that, and you come to loggerheads, you're going to have to shut down the government. We actually and it have needs to be done, in- Chip. Well, so look, I'm I'm for I'm I'm for playing that uh, hardball tactic. You know that. Number one, number two, and of course Trump did that. That was in fact when I came into office in 2019, we were in shutdown. But we did include the provision in this in this uh, uh, agreement that the House Republicans will advance a continuing resolution within 30 days from when we pass our appropriations bills to set spending at 98 percent of current level spending. Now, why does that matter? We're setting in a trigger, a default haircut on on cr spending so you're reducing spending so you can say we're not shutting government down and we're going to send that over to the senate now they won't pass it but we'll message it against them maybe we can force them to pass it but i doubt it to say look nothing's going to shut down there's going to be spending it's going to be in a haircut now you want to you want to get stuff done well let's sit down and do appropriations but stop playing your short your 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 uh, shutdown game. So we're going to try to message that we've got that in our agreement. We're going to message the debt ceiling that, that we don't think we should pass a debt ceiling increase without a combined fiscal year uh, Senate House deal. At is there anything in the rules and, about the border? 
Well, there is, in fact, uh, not in the rules, but in our agreement with, with the leader, in order to get our votes and support, it's that we must move through what I call the Texas border plan, which is what we developed. We have all Republican members except for one. <laughs> you can guess who. Uh, one uh, in the Texas uh, delegation that got on board, and we got that through. Uh, and he's agreed to move that, including a really important bill that I introduced that says you must turn away or detain rather than encounter and release, and that you put that into law. Now, Biden's not going to sign that, but it's important that we pass it, and then we've got tools to use You know, when we're fighting on spending next year to try to jam Biden with that stuff. Yeah, I just want the audience to understand you got McConnell, who's a complete sellout in the Senate, and he's got a majority of those Republicans behind him, no matter what he does. And you've got Biden in there. So if they think that that this is going to change the world, it's not going to change the world. It will change how the House operates. It will change, as you say, the messaging. That's very, very important to persuade the American people and tee it up for the next election. And I'm all for those things. But I don't want us to mislead, and you're not, but I don't want us to mislead the American people to thinking that now we're going to be able to get rid of 87,000 IRS agents. We're not. We can tee it up, but we're not. That that's true. At the end of the day, we're gonna. We're, what, what do we do? We're gonna fight over spending. We're gonna have oversight, but we're gonna pass some righteous bills that the Senate won't pass. That's basically what's gonna happen over the next two years. But it is important that we change the culture. So we have a provision here to say I can now offer amendments on the floor during appropriations to cut spending. Mark, we haven't been able to do that for a decade. That's one of the reasons why spending is off the charts. We have other changes in here to give us more power in terms of the single subject bills, 72 hours to rebuild. So you're happy with the package, right? You're happy with it. I am very happy. This package is is, is truly pretty transformational if we adopt it all and stick to it. It's going to so take us to hold everybody something. accountable. You think yeah. you're going to get the remaining two votes or three votes that you need at 10 p.m. tonight? I believe we probably will, Mark, and I don't want to get ahead of my skis. It's important for negotiation purposes. I believe we're going to be in good shape. There's still there's some debate about whether some of the moderates in our party will accept the rules package. And that's that's something we're trying to work through tonight. I hope that's I hope that's not a hiccup. I hope we can get the votes. I hope we get the rules package done and then we'll get busy working under these 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 uh, these uh, the terms of this agreement to have fiscal accountability opening up the House for rank-and-file members and ensuring that we're going to be able to hold the Speaker accountable. Uh, Those are all very important things. And importantly, that we'll have control of the Rules Committee with three solid conservatives on the Rules Committee, I hope. And and how many Republicans are on that committee? Nine? Uh, There are nine. It's usually nine and four. And uh, importantly, if you've got three, you're in a good spot to – I won't get the details, but you're in a good spot to, to make sure only good stuff gets through. Well, let me just say this to you, Chip. On the first day of this, things were kind of messy. I think you'd have to agree with that. And then, and then I, think, I think you took it upon yourself to try and pull it together, try and get a position for at least a majority of the 20 uh, with respect to some of the rules and some of the positions you were taking. In other words, you still had to organize yourselves. And I think the last 36, 48 hours, that's what's happened in large, largely due to you. Am I wrong? Well, I'll let him judge Pat that. yourself on the head. That. Yeah, I'll, I'll let other people judge that. What my, like my role here is to fight for my constituents and work with my friends and colleagues to do stuff. And, I, and I, it right. is important to say, Mark, to, to move forward, 
my conservative allies in this include some of the people that, that have been a little recalcitrant, that are great patriots that fight and fight hard for their country. We move the ball forward a lot. This is really important, what we've done. Uh, you know my friend Russ Vogt, former director of Office Management. I got 30 seconds. Trump. Yeah. All right. Russ loves this stuff. He loves what we've got here on the defense spending. Also, the church committee. I didn't talk about that. We got a, a truly church committee style. Aggressive. Uh, to, be on, to be honest with you, I discussed that with Jim Jordan months ago. It's, you can call it a church committee, but he was planning on creating some kind of a force. He hadn't decided on what to do exactly what you guys pretty much have come up with. I, I know, but Jim's a good friend, but we made it a lot better in the last 48 hours, I promise you. Much better. All right, brother, because that's my focus, frankly. All right. God bless you, Chip. Hopefully we'll have you on our Sunday show. Take care of yourself. Working on it. Working on it. God bless. Take care. All right, you too. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision, and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Now a lot more questions. Now, I'm under the clock on your own radio, unlike podcasting unlike Levin TV, so I, I wanted to get a number of questions in. And I've known Chip Roy a long time, we talk a lot, and um, early on, you know, when he and others said they were having this great debate on the House floor, I still didn't see a great debate on the House floor. All of this is being negotiated behind closed doors. And other members are now just learning about the various rules. Some of the information was put out, but all the details were not put out. Uh, so, of course, the irony is they want an open process. This was not really an open process, but in the end, they're going to vote on it. So I guess it's open in that sense. Uh, but to me, when you say it's, this is the way it's supposed to be a great debate, there was no debate. Even now, there's no debate. We got more big news. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 
Kaylee McEnany, who is a really class act. She's going to be on the program this hour, and you're not going to believe what's going on. You're not going to believe what's happened to her, her family, and her finances over the course of the last 48 hours. And she texted me to inform me of this. I said, holy mackerel, please come on and tell the American people what's going on here. Joe Biden has done everything he can, as the Democrats and the media have, to exploit January 6th with the help of the Department of Injustice, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, a.k.a. the American Stasi. They lie about the number of people who were killed that day. A protester was killed that day. An Air Force veteran. But they're counting people who had strokes or heart attacks sometime after January 6th. That would be like counting people who had strokes and heart attacks and passed away all through the summer of 2020. Through the BLM riots. How many people died there? And let's include all the people who died from strokes and heart attacks. No, 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 you don't understand. And since when do you count the people who died from strokes and heart attacks after left-wing riots? It's sick. But it's all exploitation. That's exactly what it is. And they want you to believe this is the greatest threat to, to our country since the Civil War. Not the attack on Pearl Harbor. Not the attack on 9-11. No, no, no. This is the greatest threat since, since the Civil War to the Republic. Even though not a single shot was fired by the protesters. Not one. Now, as you well know, it's well documented here, I have no tolerance for violent protesters. I have no tolerance for attacking cops. But Biden does. The Democrat Party does. The media do. And we saw that. But I want to remind you, as they talk about this today endlessly that there have been other attacks on the Capitol building and what the Democrats did about it. Our friends at American Spectator wrote about this not too long ago. And I've talked about it before. In 1978, Jimmy Carter commuted the sentence of Andreas Figueroa Cordes, a Puerto Rican communist, who participated in a shoot-up of the well of the House of Representatives from the visitor's galley. He did it, he said, on humanitarian grounds, given that the man's terminal cancer diagnosis. The next year, Carter took the unpardonable step of pardoning Cordes's three comrades in that 1954 action that wounded five congressmen. They shot five congressmen from the gallery. And Carter, Carter pardoned the three that were still alive and commuted the sentence of the ringleader. That's how much they care about protecting the Capitol building. On the last day of his presidency, Bill Clinton granted a full pardon to Susan Rosenberg. Who is she? 16 years into a 58-year sentence for possession of guns and over 700 pounds of explosives. Did that happen on January 6th? A member of the Weather Underground and numerous of its succeeding splinter groups, Rosenberg allegedly participated in the 1983 bombing of the U.S. Capitol 
as a member of something calling itself the Armed Resistance Unit. The explosion blew off Senate Minority Leader Robert Byrd's door, ripped through a painting of Daniel Webster, and damaged the Senate cloakroom. The bombers contended we purposely aimed our attack at the institutions of imperialist rule rather than at individual members of the ruling class. We did not choose to kill any of them this time, but their lives are not sacred. Hmm. Rosenberg would go on to be an advisor, if you will, to Black Lives Matter. Rosenberg allegedly drove... A getaway in 1981 Brinks truck robbery in Rockland County, New York, that resulted in the murders of two cops and a Brinks guard. Prosecutors didn't pursue the charges on the Capitol bombing or the murders in connection to the expropriation of over $1 million because it seemed superfluous in light of her lengthy 58-year sentence. They didn't count on a future president nullifying the sentence. That was Clinton, Democrat. And after the pardon... Rosenberg landed a job teaching women's studies at Hunter College. And later, when she raised money for Black Lives Matter, critics called her a domestic terrorist. But fact-checkers rebutted the label. Quote, the absence of a single universally agreed definition of terrorism, Snopes.com maintained, it's a matter of subjective determination as to whether the actions of which Rosenberg was convicted and imprisoned, possession of weapons and hundreds of pounds of explosives, should be described as acts of domestic terrorism. Got that? That's two Democrat administrations in a row, but I'm not done. A year after Bill Clinton's buddy, Bill Ayer's girlfriend, and two of his friends blew themselves up in a Greenwich Village townhouse, which they turned into a bomb factory, the University of Michigan radical took part in the 1971 bombing of the U.S. Capitol. We'd already bombed the Capitol, he wrote in his memoir, and we cased the White House. The Pentagon was like two of the trifecta. Ayers nevertheless resisted the T-word label. Quote, terrorists destroy randomly while our actions bore, we hoped, the precise stamp of a cut diamond. Terrorists intimidate while we aimed only to educate. Bill Ayers. And after Ayers did all this, he became a buddy of Barack Melhouse Benito Obama's. Hmm. Bill Ayers helped launch Obama's political career by hosting a 1995 fundraiser for Obama's state Senate candidacy in the home he shared with fellow former terrorist Bernadine Dorn. Michelle Obama scheduled Ayers to speak at a conference she organized, and Obama occasionally found himself speaking at the same events as Ayers. Quote, a searing and timely account of the juvenile court system and the courageous individuals who rescue hope from despair praised Obama of Ayers' 1997 book, a kind and just parent, children of juvenile court in the Chicago Tribune. The future president and past terrorists served together on the Woods Fund Charitable found, uh, Board, and when Obama found himself on the board of the Chicago Annenberg Challenge, the outfit donated large sums to per- projects affiliated with his friend. Ayers donated money to the 2001 Obama political campaign, but his greatest contribution came of the in-kind variety when he played down his association during Obama's 2008 presidential run and became harder to find than he was during his time with the Weather Underground. Yes. It's just unbelievable. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. 
three prior presidents. But the guy who was sitting in Nancy Pelosi's chair, they threw the book at him. The guy wearing the horns on his head and the fur on his body, they threw the book at him. People parading and trespassing who did not commit act of violence, they've thrown the book at them. And they're hunting down hundreds more, we learned today. 950 and hundreds more. People who attended that that rally and did absolutely nothing. They're shivering. They're shaking. They want January 6th to the Democrats and the media to be a scarlet letter. So if you attended that event, one of hundreds of thousands, and you weren't even anywhere near the Capitol building, or maybe you were across the street from the Capitol building, and if they find out on your social media that you attended, you may get a knock on the door, but even more than that, how are you going to get a job or hold a job? And yet here we have people like this, former presidents, when they were president. Look how they behaved with people who attacked the Capitol building, among other places, including the Pentagon. Whatever happened to all the people who attacked the White House when Donald Trump was there and had to be taken to a nuclear bomb shelter under the White House? How many of those people have been arrested? How many of those people have been prosecuted? How many SWAT teams have shown up at their front door? And do we know the exact day that that occurred? Because I don't find that on my calendar. I didn't see Joe Biden talking about that event as a great attack or insurrection on the government of this country. When you have to take a president to a nuclear bomb shelter, when over 50 Secret Service agents are wounded, not to mention the Metropolitan Police from Washington, not to mention the Park Police? How many? What day? How come that wasn't an insurrection? January 6th wasn't an insurrection either. The one question, the one question that no committee of Congress under the Democrats want to ask, that no Democrat media type wants to ask, that no grand jury will be told. How could Donald Trump have left, led an insurrection when his offer for 20,000 National Guardsmen with at least four witnesses in the Oval Office heard him make the offer with the, the transcription of the Inspector General of the Department of Defense stating so. When it was turned down, including in writing, by the mayor's office in Washington, D.C., and by the individual reporting to Nancy Pelosi, who has since written a book, his name is Sund, and said she was concerned about the optics. How in the hell... Can you accuse a president of like that of leading an insurrection, which is a bald-faced lie on its face and an impossible as a matter of law, but still, when he was the one who led the requests and the effort to put armed American army soldiers around the Capitol building, 20,000. He would tell people to attack the building, 
when he offers to protect the building? This is the great question. This is the great issue. And this is the great lie. And that's why today you haven't heard a word about it. And if it was an insurrection, why weren't hundreds of thousands of people armed? Why wasn't the Capitol building burned down? Why wasn't there something more than than a couple of groups of militia types or people dressed up like militia types? Why wasn't there something more? They keep talking about threats that were made. Not a single member of Congress was harmed. I'm not defending this. I'm explaining the difference between a violent attack on a building and a violent attack to overthrow the government. But why isn't the Washington Post, why isn't the New York Times, why aren't the media concerned about the attack on the White House and why didn't they call that an insurrection? We all know why, don't we? Here's Joe Biden, cut one, go. On January the 6th, our democracy was attacked. There's no other way of saying it. Okay, I'll say it. No, it wasn't. You attacked our democracy, sir, when you threw in with the racists and segregationists and tried to block little black kids from going to school with little white kids. You did that. The Democrat Party did that. Twice, when FDR was president, when he refused to support a bill to outlaw a lynching in the states, in the Democrat states. He did that. More, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Welcome back, America. We have Kaylee McEnany with us. Kaylee McEnany, you've had a very tough week. And uh, you texted me, and I couldn't believe what I was reading. Would you tell the American people what's going on in your life right now? Hey, Mark. Yes, good to join you. Um, You know, I didn't anticipate talking uh, during maternity leave because I, I just, as you know and others know, had my newborn son nash so it's a very joyous time for us it's our second child um, my first son second child and i woke up on wednesday you know cuddling with my newborn son had just fed him 
it's a bit chaotic, as any mom could know, um, when you have these overnight feeds and you wake up in the morning in a little bit of a disarray. And I turned over, looked at my phone, and I see a text from a number I didn't recognize. I read it. And in this text message, I was called the C word. Um, and I'm used to being derided. Occasionally, I receive messages like this. It's just the cost of being a patriot, but I'm, I'm called the C word. And normally I would just ignore something like this, but the, the end part of the text message said that my favorite number is, and then it listed out my social security number in full. And for two days, you know, I've called credit bureaus, I've, um, you know, called credit card companies, banks, engaged with the police even. And then today I get a message from someone, hey, does your um, situation have anything to do with this article? And the headline was the January 6th committee releases nearly 2,000 Social Security numbers. Um, so apparently, I, I would guess, um, according to the timeline of my Wednesday text message and the release of these files, that they are in fact coordinated. And it's just, to me, um, an unfortunate example of the political divisiveness we have in this country. We can well, all it's agree worse January than that. was a horrible day. Yes. You're telling absolutely. me that this committee released your personal information, Social Security, maybe your phone number too, obviously, to the entire world? To the entire world. And the frustrating part is at the bottom of the Washington Post article where this was first reported, um, apparently Benny Thompson, the chair of the committee, was asked for comment, and he did not respond with a comment. Adam Kinzinger, another member of the committee, was asked for comment and responded that it's unfortunate if this occurred. So a committee that was perfectly willing to comment on any and every aspect of January 6th now cannot find time to comment on the release of 2,000 Social Security numbers of good, hardworking patriots who only wanted to serve their country. 2,000 Social Security numbers, yours, and you see the consequences, which are horrific. And any other witness, any other person who was forced to give them this information... They didn't protect it. It's unfortunate. That's the response to this? That's the response. Um, and I think Ben Carson said it best. He was among apparently three Trump cabinet members who had their Social Security numbers released. And he said, this is a perfunctory and callous display of government and a frightening reminder of the current state of Washington. I think he said it better than I could say it myself. Christy Noem was among the officials. There were other governors um, who had their information released. And it was inadvertent, a committee member said, or a committee staffer said on background. Well, why should we assume it's inadvertent when they assume everything else that they disagree with is intentional and criminal? Please stay with us, Kaylee McEnany, because this is a big deal. And I want the American people to learn more about this. We'll be right back. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, 
you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Social Security numbers, 1,900 were released. 1,900, including Kaylee McEnany, who's on the phone, Christy Nome, Greg Abbott, Henry McMaster, the governor of South Carolina, former HHS Secretary Alex Azar, former HUD Secretary you mentioned, Ben Carson, and hundreds and hundreds of other Trump cabinet people, members of the Trump administration, people who testified to the committee. The fact is they did not protect your information in their rush out the door to get this stuff out. Isn't that correct? That's right. Um, And in fact, a a committee um, staffer told The Washington Post on background, meaning his name was not associated with it, that the records released publicly underwent a review process to redact personal details. Well, clearly, you know, that wasn't the case. And, you know, all the names you mentioned, and especially, Mark, for those who testified, people don't know this, but you spend, and it can be the upwards of a quarter of a million dollars on an attorney to testify before a committee, and you're told by Liz Cheney and others it's a public service what you're doing. And you do this public service, you spend an extraordinary amount of money, not tax-deductible, only to have the committee so callously um, and perhaps inadvertently, as they say, release your information. And that's that's the cost of being a patriot. It's the cost of working in government. It's the cost of being a conservative. Um, you know, they'll malign you. They'll do whatever they can. And we're told, um, in fact, Mark, it's inadvertent. But um, I guess that remains to be seen. And that's where the committees on the Republican uh, in the Republican House hopefully will get to the bottom of some of this. This committee has a bad habit of these things. They had 13 of my emails. It's not like what they've done to you. 13 of my emails. I never received a subpoena. I never received a request for information. These were communications between John Eastman and me. Those documents, apparently, John was litigating that in front of this radical left judge in California. A decision hadn't been made. Uh, I have no problem with these documents. The committee has the substance, which were nothing burgers. That said, how the hell did they get 13 of my email? And I want to get to the bottom of this when the Republicans take over, too. I want to know what the hell happened where they got my email. Was that inadvertent, too? No, it wasn't inadvertent. So I think these people did a lot of sleazy things, Kaylee. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, you make an excellent point. And the first thing that occurred to me, um, because, again, you know, I woke up Wednesday to this, having no thought of the January 6th committee and then only finding now on Friday night that perhaps it was connected to this release. You know, my first thought was they never asked me for this number. You know, where in my documents did this Mm -hmm. number come out? How did they attain my number? Why was it in something that they pressed go on in a public fashion? Um, so I think there's a lot to be seen. How did they collect information? Uh, this is where I wish there would have been true Republicans on the committee. But this is where I, I have total trust in Jim Jordan. This is why I want Republicans to get their act together, um, as it seems they're going to at 10 p.m. tonight and get started on these investigations. We've got at least two years and we got a mm-hmm. lot of questions that need to be answered. This among them. No question about it. Please keep us appraised of what 
continues to go on here, okay? I will do, Mark, and thank you so much for um, letting me share my story. And congratulations on your little boy. That's exciting. Thank you. Most importantly of all, I just yep. changed the diaper and ran over to talk to you. So back, back well, at it. <laughs> those are the good old days for us, but well past that. <laughs> all right. Thank you. God bless. All right. Thanks, Mark. Have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. At least I'm not changing diapers, right, Mr. Producer? You remember those days? Was that bad for you, really? Oh, we all hate changing diapers. Uh, Although my wife, it's a funny thing. She can be around little kids, just loves being around little kids, loves being around babies. That's fine. That's fine. But they can do anything. It doesn't bother her. It's amazing. All right, Mr. Producer, do we have any great Americans or irregular Americans on the line there? The great WABC, Mike. How are you, Mike? Mike, how are you? The great Mr. Mark Levin. I'm good, thank you. Very good. Is my audio okay? We hear you. You sound beautifully. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. I I had had a question. Um, The great uh, John Katsimatidis had uh, Larry Cullow on, and he was talking about the regular order. And so this is for the uh, 2024... And it's a budget appropriations. There was 12 appropriations hearings that will be transparent, open to the public. And they'll talk about all these spending issues, the IRS and, the, and, and, and everything else. The second question I had, which... Yeah, whoa, 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 what's the first question? Oh, oh on, on, on voting order. Well, is your, what is the question? Uh, uh, Larry Cutler was talking about the budget... No, no, I got it. Larry Cutler was talking to the great... Castamides, I'm asking you, what is your question yes, to me? I, I what, what, what will these twelve, he, uh, twelve appropriation hearings? Uh, what, what would be re, the result? You have of subcommittees, that? and you have a committee, and the members are to participate in the process as they have historically uh, to go over budget requests, to look at various departments and agencies, and it's a system that's bottom up. And you, the public, we, the public, are able to sit in if we choose and and watch what's taking place. They can call witnesses. Now, what's been happening is that in the case of Pelosi and others, and in the case of McConnell and others, they sit in a closed room with about five people. They make decisions on all spending bills. Then they put it out on the floor, and they say, vote on it, up or down, 4,000 pages. And so that's hopefully going to end on the House side. Uh, We'll see what happens on the Senate side. McConnell thinks it's a fabulous process. Problem is, it's not representative government. What's your next question? Um, It was a secondary question. Is uh, voting president, did President President Obama, I hate to say it, did did he start the voting president? No, the voting president probably started in Athens, one of the earliest democracies. It's just a process. You can vote yay, nay, not vote at all, or vote present. Right. All right. I, I, I apologize about the which second I, one. Which I, I don't understand. Somebody votes present. I mean, they try and rationalize it. I wanted a greater debate. I wanted this. I wanted... Well, then go into the restroom or go get an ice cream or something. What are you voting present for? Want to demonstrate that you're there? Okay, great. Thank you for your call, sir. 
All right, let's continue here. Yes, go ahead. Who is it? XM Satellite, John Omaha, Nebraska. Go right ahead, please. Good evening, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I am, I guess, after the last, well, this week, you've been, I guess, upset with, I guess I'll say, the voting process for McCarthy. I think it's been good, and I'm not understanding why you think we all should have backed up McCarthy from the beginning. Because I I don't, I mean, everything I've seen in the history of McCarthy is he doesn't represent the people. He represents the rhino. All right, let's, let's start from the bottom here. And what do you know about McCarthy? You don't know anything well, about unfortunately, McCarthy. I'm a, well, no, I don't, I've never met him. Never met him in prison. I didn't ask if you met him. I didn't ask you if you dated him. I asked you, what do you know about McCarthy? What I can You only know on, what you're being told, right? Well, what I can research online. Okay, and what did you find? That he's made a hell of a lot of money, that he's voted No, he hasn't for, made a hell of a lot of money. He's been mostly on Capitol Hill. He has not made a hell of a lot of money. I'm not a special pleader from, but that's not accurate. I had a guy the other day call here from Montana say he'd been a lobbyist. No, he hadn't. Made a hell of a lot of money. Well, no, he didn't. I, I, that's, why, that's, why I'm ask, I, I'm, that's why I'm asking. No, 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 because, but I'm asking you, where did you get these ideas from? Well, because I, I guess... I'm, All right, let I'm, me ask you a different question. Other than two or three, can you name who these 20 are? Oh, going down the list of, of revolting against him? Yeah. Uh, right Who is now, Ogles? probably not. Okay. Me neither. I, I, I mean, I, I can name them, but I don't know a lot of them. And they haven't done anything, a lot of them. Well, I, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to a general stance from the standpoint but, of... But I know that's my problem, and that's what clowns do when they write columns over there at Heritage, and the other they take it to a general position... These guys are good and these guys are bad. Let me ask you a question. Why would Jim Jordan vote against this group? Why did a majority of the Freedom Caucus vote against this group? Why only 20? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Why did a majority of the Freedom Caucus, the most conservative members of the House of Representatives, why did a majority of them not vote with this group? Uh, I, I guess I'd ask, why did the majority of the Republicans why? Oh, No, vote? no, I'm asking you, well, why, why did Mr. Conservative J- uh, Jim Jordan nominate McCarthy? You know, so I, it's, it's unfortunately, it's, it's, to me, it's personal people. Because I'm going to tell you why, because it's not so simple. It's a lot more complicated than people want you to understand, and I've spent four days on this. Every member in this 20 group wasn't doing this for conservative principles. Every member of this 20 group is not, in my view, a conservative. Like Mr. Biggs from Arizona, who blocked the Convention of States, which to me is really our, all this yakking about all these rules and how wonderful they are and all the rest. You'll see. It only takes us so far and not very far. That's why I support Convention of States. You want term limits? You need Convention of States. You want to permanently fix the border? You need Convention of States. 
You want to permanently fix the budget? You need convention of states. You need the state legislatures and the people supporting them to make the difference. And yet many of the groups that signed the letter oppose convention of states. Mr. Biggs opposes convention of states. So they want you to believe that these rule changes, which I'm all for, most of them, I don't know all of them, none of us do. Okay, great, you're going to have this, you're going to have 72 days to do that, you're going to do this, and the republic basically is not going to change. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, uh, 100%, and that's my problem, is because the people up there do not have the backbone. Okay, but what I'm trying to explain is some of these people didn't have the same agenda as you and I have as conservatives. Some did, some didn't. Some wanted special committee assignments. I'm supposed to follow that guy off the edge of the earth? No. Some people had a personal vendetta against McCarthy or vice versa. I'm supposed to follow that guy off the edge of the earth? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm supposed to follow Gates off the edge of the earth, who's a crackpot in my view, not really very conservative, and he's out there talking about more criminal justice reform? No, I'm not going to do it. So it's not, why do you oppose them? you got to think like a conservative, an intelligent person, and break it down. You have more conservatives who are on the other side than were on the side of this 20. Why is it that my good friend Mark Meadows doesn't come out publicly and say what he's been doing? It's okay, Mark. You can tell the whole world. There are things that have been going on that I'm aware of that I've tried to communicate as much as I can. <coughs> Excuse me. Cholera. So it's not. And Mark, why, why are you against conservatives and all these other guys? You know, we're rhinos. Really? They're all other rhinos? You got a guy Palmer in Alabama. He's a hundred percenter. You got a guy Moore in Alabama. He's a hundred percenter. I can go down the list. You got Moody out of West Virginia. He's a hundred percenter. And you got a score more who have better voting records than some of the 20. But I'm glad it ended up as it's going to end up. But that wasn't, that wasn't necessarily going to be the case. And you're going to have a few stragglers who are going to vote the the uh, uh, for McCarthy at 10 p.m. tonight because they have nothing else to argue for. It's over. Now you can listen to other hosts who might make you feel better, who will who will uh, reinforce this black and white notion. Who don't know these members who don't know what was going on, but they'll tell you that they were on the right side, that they're right-wingers and everything. I'm an activist, and I'm mission-oriented, and honestly, got involved in this process to help, in a friendly way, to move it along, and that's be- And I'm not going to talk about it anymore, because there's just too many confidences out there, and I've done it before with other situations, too. So it's going to turn out to be pretty good. Where three days ago it may not have. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. 
Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. It took cooler heads. To get involved in the negotiations, and that cooler head was Chip, to bring this to fruition. It wasn't the first day, it wasn't the second day, it wasn't the third day. That's what it took. Because some of the hotheads among them were kind of dead-enders. Didn't matter what the rules were, the committees were, this is what they were doing. And they're being urged to do this by some of the outside groups that wanted to promote or choose a separate speaker. And some of these groups that signed this letter, some of the leaders of these groups have opposed Convention of States or did in the past. They're not all, you know, Edmund Burke. They're not all Edmund Burke. But I would encourage you, if you want serious reform of the federal government, it's not going to even come from a Republican House of Representatives. It's not going to come from these 20. It's going to come from a convention of states, which Andy Biggs opposes. It's going to come from a convention of states, which some of these conservative groups, their leaders, have opposed in the past. If that's what you're really interested in, that's where you go. And I will be proven correct in the next 6 to 12 months. Washington is not going to fix Washington. Washington cannot fix Washington. If the Speaker of the House of Representatives were George Washington himself. And if the lawyers got together and wrote up another 5,000 rules... It's still not going to fix itself. That's why we support the Liberty Amendment. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. We will have uh, Congressman Comer. And Congressman Roy on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday. I hope you'll join us 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't watch live, you can always DVR us. Now, here's the other shoe. They're going to have a speaker. They're going to have all these great rules. Everybody's going to say, this is fantastic. Here we are. And it certainly is a very good thing in many respects but not a lot is going to change because you have McConnell in the Senate Schumer is the majority leader and Biden issuing executive orders like he's uh, like he's uh, Ho Chi Minh those of you who have understood the convention of states movement and understand the entire purpose realize this that ultimately the changes are not going to come out of Washington. I understand when members of Congress are excited about a 72-hour rule or this number of people on a committee and that number of people. I got it. But it's not going to be the be-all and the end-all that's being suggested to you either. Washington is not going to change Washington. Do you agree with that? And the fact that some of these 20, we're down to six now, that one of the six, for sure, opposes convention of states, shows me how unserious he is. That just opposes it, but blocked it for the whole state of Arizona. The whole purpose of convention in states is a recognition of this problem. Those of you who have embraced it, and those of you who are active in it, you understand this. We have people in Washington who run so-called conservative organizations who have opposed this. Some of them still oppose it. When I wrote this book, The Liberty Amendments, I said at the front end, I undertook this project not because I believe the Constitution is originally structured as outdated and outmoded, thereby requiring modernization through amendments, but because of the opposite. That is the necessity and urgency of restoring constitutional republicanism and preserving the civil society from the growing authoritarianism of federal leviathan. I haven't even asked 
My buddy Chip Roy, if he supports this, I guess I should. This is not doomsaying or fear-mongering, but an acknowledgement of fact. The status has been successful in their century-long march to disfigure and mangle the constitutional order and undo the social compact. To disclaim the status campaign and aims is to imprudently ignore the inventions and schemes hatched and promoted openly by their philosophers, experts, and academics. And their handiwork is omnipresent for all to see. A centralized, consolidated government with a ubiquitous network of laws and rules actively suppressing individual initiative. And these rule changes aren't going to fix a damn thing. It may fix the House for a period of time until the Democrats take it over. But in the end, it's not going to fix very much. I'm sorry. Washington thinks, even conservatives in Washington, they think that they can do this. Do what? Just 48 hours ago, it wasn't clear what it was that they were fighting for. Until, frankly, Chip Roy now stepped in and and created a focus, an agenda. Social engineering and central planning are imposed without end. Without end. We're going to return to this in six months. The fight is important that will be taking place over the course of the next several months. It's important. But there will be more fights. There will be more finger-pointing. There will be more blaming and projecting and all the rest of it while the left marches on. Unlike the modern status who defies, ignores, or rewrites the Constitution for the purpose of evasion, I propose that we, in this book, we the people take a closer look at the Constitution for our preservation. The Constitution itself provides the means for restoring self-government and averting societal catastrophe. In Article 5, Article 5 set forth the two processes for amending the Constitution. The second of which is the one I'm talking about. And you know what's brilliant about this? It bypasses Congress. Except for a ministerial document. The whole purpose is to bypass Congress, the House and the Senate, regardless who runs it. To avoid the Andy Biggs situation like they had in Arizona. And so this is why I think the Liberty Amendments and the Convention of States movement is so crucially important. I'll give you another example. When I was out at the Convention of States event not that long ago in Florida, which is one of my favorite events, and the Mecklers among my favorite people, these are really active people. They really do have five and a half million members who are very, very involved. We have 19 states now. I was asked by a couple of gentlemen there, why don't we support governors declaring an invasion? And that way, they can, under the Constitution, secure their own border. They can build their own wall. They can do this. They can do that. Because under the Constitution, they can do that. 
but then the response of the federal government is to assert the supremacy clause and undo it. They got very angry with me. I said, why angry with me? That's the Constitution. No, it's not. No, it is. Doubts were raised. My buddy Mark Meckler is a very smart lawyer. You sure about that? Yeah, I'm 100% positive about it. Give an example. It's not perfect, but it's good enough. You remember, those of you who remember some history on this, that when the National Guard was called out, by Orville Faubus, it's either him or Wallace, I think it was Faubus, to block, well, several of the Democrat governors did it, but in this case, I think it was Faubus in Arkansas, to block the entry of little black kids into a white school. Uh, he called out the National Guard, the governor. What did Eisenhower do, Mr. Producer? He said, oh, the National Guard? Yes. Actually, that's my army. So he federalized it. And the National Guard literally went from helping the governor to reversing course and executing what the President of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower, directed. So I'm not here to give you BS responses that people want to hear. Like that all 20 of these guys are absolutely golden and fantastic and look at what we achieve. Listen, it's okay that you achieve more than you don't. And these rules are going to be great, I'm sure. But they're not going to deliver what you're expecting because of the way the system is set up. That's why I pursued some of that with Chip Roy. I said, I don't want my audience to be misled when it comes to the budget when it, and he basically agreed he understood but a lot of people are are not going to understand that even people over at Heritage people who write columns people who do whatever they do it's all Washington centric the purpose of the convention and state movement is it's not. It's state-centric and it's state-legislature-centric. Which is why it's so important. Term limits. I talked to you about this the other day. They say we want to vote on term limits. You can have a thousand votes on term limits. A statute cannot change the Constitution. And you should be thrilled about that because we will not always control Congress. And it seems to me the Democrats are much better at trying to alter our constitutional republic than we are at protecting it. So among the things I propose in the Convention of States in my Liberty Amendments is to term limit members of Congress and also to term limit Supreme Court justices. You can't do that with a statute. So they're going to pass a statute in order to To do what? To message? It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. There's a lot that we need to do that they cannot do, even if they control the entire Congress and the presidency. 
They want to limit the federal government. They will limit the federal government as long as they control both houses of Congress and the presidency, which is not often, and they've never limited the federal government. Even under the most conservative presidents and congresses, have they? How so? Well, we're sick of the way things operate. So you need to put in place a system, a permanent system. So I propose two amendments to limit federal spending and taxation. Serious amendments require supermajorities. I propose amendments that empower state legislatures if three-fifths of the state legislatures vote within two years to overturn a Supreme Court decision. Not to rewrite it, to overturn it. Or three-fifths of the House and the Senate. I don't believe a simple majority of the Supreme Court say it's five to four should decide what a fundamental right is based on a five to four vote. But regardless, I believe the body politic should have the final say, but not through mobocracy, that is democracy, or factionalism through your state legislature. I believe there ought to be an amendment that underscores the right to private property. The takings clause of the Constitution has been destroyed by judicial fiat. I believe a supermajority of the states should be able to amend the Constitution because convention of states is so difficult. And you notice Congress doesn't even bother using the first avenue of amending the Constitution. They just change it on the fly. I believe the states should have authority to put a check on Congress by a supermajority. These are real fundamental modifications through a legitimate constitutional process that we can get behind. It's not going to happen even in four days of debate like they had over a speaker. But it put things in perspective, doesn't it? Put things, it puts things in perspective. They got the rule changes and we celebrate They'll have a speaker, and we celebrate. And I'm certainly not opposed to either. In fact, I've been arguing for both. But it's not going to stop the trajectory. It's just not. And I'm not here to be a wet blanket. I'm certainly not here to win a popularity contest. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.
You know, when this battle began, it wasn't even about rules. It was about who would be the speaker. And the goal was to prevent McCarthy through a battle of attrition. Just remember the history here. Through a battle of attrition to prevent McCarthy wear down the 200 or 220 or whatever it was and then force a compromise candidate. It's never about rules. But that wasn't going to work. So it switched to rules. It switched to rules. So I want to remind you people how this whole thing started. They couldn't find a conservative quote-unquote alternative. I mean, if Jim Jordan had agreed and he was a real candidate and he ran and so forth and so on, that would be something we'd certainly have thought about, right? But they didn't have anybody. And that's what they put out there. And then they switched it to rules. What rules? Well, we weren't sure. We had four, five, ten, twelve of them. But we didn't have all the rules. And now we celebrate. What are you really celebrating? You're celebrating the rules and that you're going to have a speaker. And that's great. That gets over with. Now, you want to get your country back? Join us with Convention of States. I'm just being honest. And uh, let's see how many members of Congress support that. Not a lot, I bet. Even though they're irrelevant when it comes to that. Look, I'm not trying to get you down. I'm just trying to put things in proper perspective. There's three branches of government. The the congressional part has two, a bicameral Congress. The enemy controls the Senate. The enemy controls the executive branch. And the enemy controls a lot of the judiciary. I'm glad we have our rule changes that we'll be able to do this, that, and the other. That's great. But fundamentally, they run the culture, they run the bureaucracy, and they run the game. And if we're going to stop them, then maybe we need to think more fundamentally because Washington is not going to fix Washington. There, I said it. The only constitutional lawyer you can see today for free. No appointment necessary. Just call him at 877-381-3811. There's one little capo out there. He's on my radar now. He wanted to be. He succeeded. Barely literate. Sophomoric, I would argue. His thoughts are very unsophisticated, but what am I supposed to do? Well, maybe we'll play me being the cat. He's the yarn of ball. We'll pull a yarn. We'll see. Maybe he should look in the mirror if it doesn't frighten him. What'd you say, Mr. Producer? Yeah. What did you say? No, no, no. Where am I supposed to go now? Oh. But they tell me you shouldn't reach down. Have you heard that before, Mr. Producer? But I reach down all the time, don't I? <laughs> Let's go to Brian Clarion, Pennsylvania, the Mark Levin app. Brian, how are you, sir? I'm very yes, well, sir. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a new listener. You got and I had a quick. I had a question about your convention of states, but you explained mm-hmm. it while I was waiting, so I appreciate that. So I have another question for you. Yes. yes. Um, they, the media says that this hasn't happened since 1923. I was wondering if you could enlighten me on... You mean this the, number of votes for a speaker? N- 
Yeah. yeah, for the for the speaker, what happened in 1923. And then the only other question I have is, I don't understand how they can be discussing and negotiating about rules, and I want this and that. As I understand it, they haven't been sworn in yet. Has the new Congress started? No, what will happen is, if, let's say it's McCarthy. Uh, he gets sworn in first, and then he swears in the other members. And then the package, as I understand it tonight, if it works that way, will be proposed and voted on. And presumably uh, almost all, if not all, the Republicans will vote on it. But as Chip Roy told us in hour one, some of the moderates are concerned about the package. And that's the nature of being a speaker, by the way. You've got to hurt all these people. It's not just 20. It's 222. So uh, that becomes an issue. All right, sir. Thank you for your call. Let's continue. Let's go to Ken, Grand Park, Illinois, the great WKAN. Go right ahead, please. Yes, Mark. My only concern was, yes, we were maybe talking too much about something that hasn't happened yet. We Mm -hmm. don't have a speaker. I was just concerned about that. Well, it may not, but I think it's going to. A couple of little Tweety Birdies. Get my drift, Ken? I get you, Griff. Thanks, Mark. All right. All right, brother. Take care of yourself. Let's keep going. Shane, Springfield, Missouri. XM Satellite, the show me state, but Shane, don't show us. Go right ahead. That's right. Hi, Mark. Good evening. You know, it wasn't, I think it was maybe uh, Matt Gates' sophomore year that he was facing some pretty serious allegations of traveling with an underage female. And Kevin McCarthy strongly came to his defense and if you'll remember that story went away just about as fast as it popped up so i just gotta wonder what's the ulterior motive for these six that are standing out i've never heard of lauren bobart until this week um do they know that they're not going to get reelected and they're voluntarily pulling a list cheney well here's the thing gates comes from the panhandle of florida he'll get reelected no matter what it's heavy republican he got 20 percent of the vote over somebody else but Frankly, you brought it up. He could be taking down Bobart. I don't know, because she barely won. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, But um, it's a much different district than his. And he ought to be a little bit more considerate, in my view, thinking about that when he's trying to persuade people to go with him. And ultimately, I think he, if not him, a few of the others are going to vote for McCarthy anyway. And you have to ask yourselves, what what what's the hold up now? I, I don't even know what the holdup is now. Do you? And what's it, the problem now? Well, and Rose and Rosendale thinks he's being cute with a dramatic pause after the. Yeah, I didn't like that. And it's then very serious, whatever yeah. he said, you know, yeah, it's a very serious time. And he goes, Kevin Hearns. And by the way, this guy, Kevin Hearns, keeps voting for McCarthy, which is my point. When people call here, people are writing and thinking and so forth and saying, hey, this has been great. This has been, what has been? I mean, I get, I get it, but at first, let us be very clear. The goal was to stop McCarthy. In fact, one person wrote me. I won't mention her name for her sake. One person wrote me and said, okay, McCarthy's yours. I said, what the hell are you talking about? And I cut her off. McCarthy's mine, and who is yours? Because the strategy that was in place was the strategy of attrition. 
that McCarthy cannot get to 218. You heard Bobart mention it. You heard Gates mention it. You heard a lot of them. That was the goal. It wasn't to leverage rules. That came later when they found out there simply wasn't anybody else. And they're throwing people up, and you got this one voting and that one nominating. And meanwhile, they're nominating all these people who can't win, all these people who are not running, all these people, in many cases, who are voting for the guy they're trying to take down. It wasn't working. So then they switched to rules. Okay, well, now we want rules. We got them where we want them. We want rules. If we can get the rules we want, then we'll vote for them. But there were still holdouts. I'm telling you, I know this firsthand who didn't like him and didn't want him. And if you heard Gates speak many times, he said, he can't be speaker, he can't be trusted, he can't be this, he can't be that. So nothing they would have done would have satisfied him and many of these groups that are behind this. So this was the plot that was in place that was hatched by an outside guy in an outside organization. And it wasn't working. So they moved to rules which was actually pretty smart, pretty clever. And I think that's what Chip did. He moved to the rules. He said, okay, look, I'm going to try and persuade people to vote for McCarthy, but we got to have some rule changes here, and this is what we're going to do. And so now everybody tonight is talking about, see, it was worth it. We got the rules. Okay, great, but that wasn't the initial position. The initial model, if you will, was the one they were using against Boehner. Attrition, vote after vote after vote, and you could hear them. When, when I, listen, one of these guys called me and I said, what are your three or four top issues? Couldn't tell me. Could not tell me. One of them called me, said, stop calling us boneheads. I said, okay, great. Give me three or four of your top issues. Maybe I'll get behind this movement. And he couldn't give them to me. Okay, tell me, who are you going to run? Maybe I'll get behind that guy. He couldn't give it to me. And now all of a sudden it's about rules. That's okay. That's a good move. I'm not against it. Particularly if they could work something out, which they did. But that's why I said it's not conservative versus that. It wasn't. You have many, many, many more conservatives who were part of the 200. Many more conservatives. Many of them from your districts. Many of them you never heard of because they don't get all the TV time. But they're just as conservative as my buddy Chip Roy. They're just as conservative as, as Lauren Bober. They're just as conservative as everybody else. I named five or six of them right off the top of my head. All right, my friend? All right, where are we now? Wherever we want to be, right? Let's go to Phil, Long Island, on the Mark Levin app. What's going on, Phil? Hey, Mark, how you doing? Okay, buddy. Go ahead. How you doing? Good. Okay. Um, I just found out from Fox News that Ashley Babbitt's mother was just arrested. Arrested? Would you look that yeah, up, Mr. Producer? Yeah, she was producer? arrested, according to Tucker. She was arrested, arrested according for what? to Tucker, for jaywalking. Arrested for jaywalking because she wanted to put a, a, a memorial down for her daughter. Oh, my God. Believe that? No, I don't believe that. How sickening is that? Arrested for jaywalking? Yeah, that's is what, that what you said, Mr. Producer. I couldn't, be- I couldn't believe it. 
Is that on is that on some link, Rich? Yeah, I want to see this. Yeah. You know, I'm here doing the show, so I didn't get to see it, Phil, but thank you for sending this to me. I'm gonna take a quick break so I can read this, but that is unfriggin' believable. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's great news here. A real Alzheimer's treatment just was approved by the Federal Drug Administration, Food and Drug Administration. Should be available in February. Something that a lot of people have been waiting for, a lot of families have been waiting for. And it's taken a long time, and hopefully it'll be effective. I know it has some side effects, as I read here, but uh, that's fantastic. Uh, that's number one. Number two, please do watch the show this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. We will have Chip Roy. We will have Representative Comer. We want to go over these investigations. And now uh, if we do get a speaker tonight or soon, uh, we'll be able to conduct serious investigations. And then finally, Ashley Babbitt's mother was arrested outside the Capitol. Uh, she was uh protesting, demonstrating with a larger group about obviously the murder of her daughter. And she'd like to get to the bottom of it. She's 58 years old, the mother, for failing to obey an order from Capitol Police and illegally blocking traffic. Can you imagine if this was a member of Black Lives Matter, Mr. Producer? Can you imagine what would be going on? It was nonviolent, but they arrest her, of course. Sickening, absolutely sickening. The uh, former Secretary of Defense has a fascinating book coming out. And in this book, uh, and I will paraphrase because we're running out of time, he tells about these calls he got from Pelosi, McConnell, and Schumer, one handing the phone to the other. They're all screaming and yelling on January 6th. And he's pissed off and he's angry. Why? Because he's already sending the National Guard to Capitol Hill, despite the fact that they could have been there earlier had, in fact, the guard been accepted. And it's no surprise and no coincidence that the January 6th committee spent no time, no time looking into this. Zero. Zero. Now think about that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we go to America every Friday. And trust me when I tell you, you are great patriots, This is the biggest national town hall meeting at this time. And God bless each and every one of you. Here we go, in your honor.
this Sunday, folks. Great show. Chip Roy, Congressman Chip Roy, Congressman Comer. We've got a lot to cover. I think you'll be fascinated by it on Life, Liberty, and Levin. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, a brand new show just for you. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker brothers and sisters, and the men and women in Taiwan and, and Ukraine and who support freedom. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. So many. Good night, Indy. Good night, Patton. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Marty. And good night, Barney. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo and Joe. And America, God bless you and thank you.